What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. God, we thank you so much for what you are doing. We're blessed and highly favored. Not because man says so, because you declared it from eternity. And today, today, we cancel any weapon of the enemy. Any diagnose to set fear amongst the people. We cancel that in the name of Jesus. And we declare the people that are here and that are watching online free and free indeed. You are worthy. You are the king. Your throne is already established. All we can talk about is how good you are. We're thankful. And our praises will be always in our lips. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give them a round of applause. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I am so thankful uh, to have you guys with us today. To all of our newcomers for the first time, if this is your first time in Freedom Church, we welcome you. Can we give the first timers a round of applause, please? Um, there is a gift for you at, at the end. Make sure that you sign a connection card. We just want to connect with you, uh, not to spam you or anything of that nature. We just want to love on you and uh, give you a gift at the end. And so don't leave without it. I am so thankful for what God is doing in this place. We've been uh, talking about a series called Building Church. And that's exactly what God has been doing through normal people. He's not looking for people that are amazing and that have amazing talents. He's looking for people that are normal, that that have, um, that make mistakes. Those are the people that God is using to build the church in this generation. And it's not a building. It is not these lights or cameras. It is your heart, your soul reaching out to other people that is what church is and so we are so thankful for what god is doing and has been doing through this series honestly um and so today is the last day of the series so if you got a seat today consider yourself uh uh what's that called like a lucky i guess all right i'm blessed there we go blessed privileged Okay, today you have a front row seat to the finale of Building Church um, as God has directed and put in my heart to just finish the month of July talking about Building Church. Today is the last Sunday of it and I, I man, I'm, I'm telling you, you guys are going to be exciting. 
for what God has to, to talk to his people today. But uh, let's go to the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read a couple of verses because Luke is very long. The chapter 1 is very long and I'm not going, you know. Luke chapter 1. And if you guys can please stand for the reading of the word as it is an honor to read God's word today to you. The Bible says this, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abilha. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. I'm telling you this right now, that couldn't have been me. God probably would have said Israel has some, some blames for sure. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were very old one Zachariah division was on duty and he was serving as a priest before God he was chosen by lot according to the custom of priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense and the, and when the time for burning incense came all assembled worship worshipers were all praying outside then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of the incense when Zechariah saw him he was startled and gripped with fear but the angel said do not be afraid I love when God says do not be afraid Zechariah your prayer has been heard can we say that again your prayer has been heard I know you've been praying I know that you feel like God doesn't hear you but your prayer has been heard your wife Elizabeth who was barren will bear you a son and you are to call him John and he will be a joy and a delight and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord he will he is never to take wine or other fermented drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many people. Uh, uh, some uh, version says he will turn back many people of Israel to their Lord, their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn. There we go. To turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord and look at what Zechariah said Zechariah asked the angel how can I be sure of this like if he's not speaking to an angel he said I'm old and my wife is well along the years didn't he did he ask him that no the angel said to him I am Gabriel I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true anyway at the appointed time meanwhile the people were waiting for Zacharias wondering why he stayed so long in the temple when he came out he could not speak to them they then they realized he had seen a vision in the temple for he kept making signs to them but remained unable to speak when his time of service was completed he returned home after this his wife Elizabeth became pregnant for five months and remained in seclusion 
the Lord has done this for me, she said, and these days he has shown favor and taken away my disgrace amongst the people. I'm going to leave it right there because there's so many things that we're going to talk about today and I don't want to kind of read this story because I want to kind of give you guys the nuggets. But, but I will tell you the title of my message today is called The Turning Point. The Turning Point. The Turning Point. Something is about to turn. The Turning Point. Thank you so much, worship team. I love you guys. Can we give a huge round of applause to the worship team as they do a phenomenal job? The turning point. I would like to start this uh, message here by asking or kind of sharing with you guys that a lot of people, whether today or in history, back in the back, back in the days, we have never, I don't know why I hear myself echoing, but um, we have never loved change. We are a society that loves the routines and the customs and what we are used to. We've always loved it that way. And so a lot of the times when we request or we would, when we pray for something for God to do, what we're asking God to do is change that situation. The reality of it is that we like for God to change the situation. We just don't like going through changes. Changes is hard, right? It is very difficult, and I'm going to put it to you in this way. Does anyone here have a daily routine that they do? Raise your hands really quickly. There we go. Raise your hands. All right. You have a daily routine. It's something that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. This is what you do every single day. You either brush your teeth. You either get dressed, you go to work, whatever the case you do. Maybe for my people that go out there to the gym, they go to the gym, all that good stuff. You have a routine designated to continue moving forward. A routine. It's very hard to break. It's, it's, it's like it is, it is so cemented in you. Once it's already created, it is very difficult for you to break that routine. And so one of the things that I have noticed is that when a routine is broken, people freak out. I'm going to say this. I'm going to use this. Please don't take it. Uh, you know, the pastor doesn't have nothing against anyone. This right here has become a routine. This right here. A routine. What do I mean by that? It's become part of our routine in the sense of I wake up. Before I brush my teeth, before we pray, come on guys, don't act saints, please, please don't be holy today. Before we even say hello to our spouses, we are on our routine. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever the case may be, you're on it. What's that? I don't know. Whatever you have on your phone, it is your routine because what you want to make sure is you're answering emails, you're making sure you're answering questions. You're making sure that your day is where it needs to be. Now, 
I promise to you, if you want somebody to freak out, make them go somewhere without their phone. Oh my God, it will probably be the worst thing in the world. Have you ever been in a situation where you're driving? Literally, you left your house, you're driving on the way, and probably 15 minutes into the drive, you go, I left my phone. No, we gotta turn back, we gotta turn back. And it's like delusional sometimes. Why are we gonna turn back? We're already too ahead. And we feel like we need our phone with us because God forbid somebody texts you and cannot wait. God forbid you get a notification on Facebook or on Instagram and you're not able to respond right away. And so we are addicted to our routines. We are addicted to what we do every single day. Today I want to present to you a passage where Zechariah is a priest in the nation of Israel and he has a routine so does the nation of Israel. They're going to have a moment where they go inside of the temple, they burn incense and they are, are ready for God to forgive their sin. But for you to understand this story, you need to understand that there was a man named Adam where, where because of his sinful nature, he disobeyed God and was thrown away from God's presence. So God lifts up a man named Abraham and tells him, hey, if me and you will do a pact together, I promise you of uh, many nations. And then from there, he lifted up a, a man named Moses as a person to free the nation of Israel from Egypt. He then calls Joshua to conquer promised lands. He uses Joshua's heart to conquer promised lands. Then he establishes David to establish the descendants. He uses Elijah and the prophets to sustain God's word through the nation. And for many years, this continued to be the case. Through it all, through the, through the whole prophecy and the kings and Elijah and Abraham and Moses and all these other big name Bible storytelling people, every moment of every day, the nation of Israel had something that they needed to do, whether it would be circumcision or whether it be a sacrificial a ritual. This was the middleman between God and humanity. Circumcision or sacrificial acts. They had to either kill a lamb so God can hear, the, hear their prayers because they were not able to speak to God right off the bat. They had something that impeded them. Can you imagine this is how it will look like they will go to the temple and the priests they started to multiply so not every person or every priest got to serve inside the temple and so now the person that's burning incense which is he's praying for the people's sin and he's waving his, his thing around and he's just, you could hear the bells inside of the temple as he's just moving and swinging his incense. What happens is that if you ever went inside unholy or found with sin, you will die. 
So it wasn't the experience that everybody was thinking about. It was an experience where you would go to the holiness of God and if you were found with iniquity or something inside of you, you would drop dead right there and then. And this was a routine for the nation of Israel. I want you to understand. I know that you see yourselves today that you come to church, you sit in these seats, you worship God freely, you love God or, or you pray to God, whether in the car, whether you're listening to music, whether you're at the beach, whether you're wherever, wherever you at, you have direct access to God. That's not what was happening in this moment. And so Zechariah is understanding of this the nation of israel is understanding of the routines that they have set in place this is the middle between god and humanity and so the day came the bible says that zachariah's family's name came out they they used to do lots and what that meant was kind of like have you ever done this where you put a whole bunch of names inside the hat and whoever name you take out of the hat, that's the person. That's what they used to do. It's kind of like that in the sense or flipping a coin. I I'm not going to say gambling. It wasn't gambling. It was basically saying the names we're putting on here, whichever name comes out, is because God ordained it. And so that's how they selected the priest to go ahead and do the incense and the fire. And guess what? Not every priest was able in his lifetime to do it this was a privilege this was this was an honor for people to see that they were doing the incense and they would be able to come inside of the temple and receive atonement to, to be able to depend on someone and say i hope this person didn't mess up this week because it's their time to go inside the temple can you imagine your faith of, of being forgiven, being up like on your brother or your sister that you know of? Can you imagine that? Can you, can you imagine that, that I have to go in for your sins and hopefully I don't die that day? And imagine the people that you will know that you sit next to. Imagine if it was their turn to go inside and you would be like, oh my God, I know this person was sinning, bro. Like you're not even supposed to go in there. Imagine. Imagine the, the prayers. And, and so what they used to pray for is, God, please redeem us of our sin. God, please forgive us of our sin. God, God, please help us. Let your blood wash us. Let, let the, the sacrificial blood that we have here cleanse us of our sin. And Zacharias turned to be the one holding the incense and going up to the holy temple and moving it back and forward and saying, I'm free, I'm free, we're, we're, we're clean, we're, we're forgiven. That was his turn now. That was his turn. I can just imagine Zacharias saying, I'm gonna finally fulfill my father's footsteps. I'm finally gonna do what my dad used to do back in the days. 
My grandfather, I remember when my grandfather entered the temple, he used to burn the incense, and now I know it's my turn. I can just imagine Zacharias going to the other priest and saying, hey, um, it's my turn. So um, uh, how was your experience when you went inside? Because I know you didn't die. So uh, tell me what I need to do. Like, what do I need to expect? And I want you to understand something, ladies and gentlemen. This is how God used to speak to them. They had to depend on a man that was, was fragile to come out alive and then bless them. Understand the story. It, it was up to me or to a priest to go in there and not die and then come out and say, you guys, blessed is your children, blessed, blessed for thousands of generations. Imagine the anxiety that was in that level, uh, uh, in that time where they would expect this to happen. And all of a sudden, it's Zachariah's turn. And I, I, I look at this because the Bible says that Zacharias's turn came, but it says, but Elizabeth and him could not produce a child. I, I, I want you to understand these were people that were literally being faithful. The Bible says that they were found blameless. They were faithful. They used to do what they needed to do every single day, and they were still not able to produce. Do you know what it feels like being obedient and still being barren? Do you know what it feels like to listen to God and not see his promises? Because having a child right now is a little crazy. I ain't going to lie to you. You have a, a child or two and then you talk to me if you want to have kids. Right? Right now, they probably, you know, the people that haven't had a child, they go, they're such a blessing. Talk to me later on at the church. We'll, talk, we'll, talk, we'll see if it's a blessing or not. But regardless of the fact, for back in the days, it was, it was a blessing. It was basically that God's hand was over your family to be able to be fruitful and multiply. And you're telling me that these people were going inside of the temple and serving and they were doing what God was calling them to do, yet they didn't see any multiplication. They didn't see any fruitfulness. Do you know what it is to try and try and try and your, your womb is closed? There's nothing that you can produce. And this is what they were going through. This is what they were experiencing. God, we're going to be faithful even if we don't see it. That's another level. Because we serve God if he does it. God, if you heal my, my mother, I will serve you. And your, and your mother doesn't get healed. What? God, I thought you were going to. No, 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 no. Here's the mistake that you make. You think that God has to follow your orders for you to follow him. When in reality, you follow God by faith and faith alone. 
but we're conditioned to do that. God, if I don't see you move, I, I, I don't know. I, I believe you. If, if I see you move and God is saying, what about if I don't move? What about if you don't see me move? What about if your children get sick? What about if you don't have the money? What about if, if you, don't, you don't see what you're wanting to see? Will you still believe me? Will you still be faithful and follow me? That's, that's another level of faith. That's another level of Christianity. That's another level of following Jesus. Anybody can follow Jesus when they're producing. But when you're barren and when your age is reaching to a point where there is no longer unable to produce, not only is my womb barren, now my age has declared who I am. I've been wanting to change this for many years. Can you imagine, Elizabeth? I've been wanting to take out this disgrace from my family for many years. And God still hasn't done it. Can you imagine changing something that you can't change and you're, you're barren and you go, you go back to your intimate place with your husband and, and, and nothing is produced? And still be faithful and still believe that God is real and still believe that God can do all things through Christ it's easy for us to say yeah no we're good no, I'm good. I got everything I wanted. I got my dream job. I got my dream wife. I got my dream kids. I got my dream house. I got my everything. Everything is good. Uh, you, you did it because he allowed you to. But what about the moments where you've been praying and he didn't allow you to? Can you, can you take God's no as God's okay? Can you take God's no as still a blessing? The problem is that we look at God's yes as the only blessing that he gives. But there's moments where God says no and it's still a blessing. You, you, some of you have to thank God for when he said no. Because if he wouldn't have said no, you wouldn't be here. And now, and now Zacharias is in there and they're praying. And now the angel of the Lord comes up to Zechariah and said, you're going to have a child. Guess what? Things are going to change. Have you, been, have, have you seen movies lately? And, 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 and what happens in movies is that they have an introduction, a body, and an end. And you say, oh my God, when is this movie going to get to the good part? The turning point. The part where I know that everybody lives happily ever after. The angel came to Zechariah and said, hey, I heard your prayer. What prayer? If Zacharias was already old, he wasn't praying to still have a son. You mean to tell me that, that my prayers back when I could have had a son, that's the prayer he heard? You'll have a son, and this is how your son will be. And you will name him John. And look at... Look at Zacharias' reaction. How can this be? 
How is this possible if, if me and my wife are old and she's barren and she's haven't, she's hadn't had an opportunity to have kids before? The angel said, because you didn't believe, now you won't be able to speak. Now check this out. Imagine the people waiting outside. They're just looking at the clock. They said, man, we still hear the bells walking, but we don't see him coming out. It's taken an awful long time for Zechariah to come out of that, that temple. And so Zechariah comes out and everybody's waiting for their blessing. Come on, give it to us. Let us know that we're forgiven. Come on. Yes, come on, somebody. Say, say, go ahead, Zacharias. We're waiting. Zacharias is like, what? Speak. Come on, open your mouth. We can't hear you. Bless the, the people so we can go back to our normal lives, to our normal routines. And Zacharias can't speak. Remember, this is not normal. This is not normal. The priest is supposed to open his mouth and bless the people, but he can't. God is bringing something different. They're expecting the normal routine blessing and he can't even open his mouth. <laughs> because here's the thing, when we ask for change, we don't like changing. If God tells you, if you pray for God and you go, God, Please bless me financially. You know what change looks like in God? Your job lets you go. And you're like, God, I thought that you wanted to bless me financially. I am. But it, you first have to go through a change. Uh, God, please bless me with a wife. And then the girl that you're with, God breaks you up. Or he tells you that's not the one. You're like, God, I thought that you wanted me to like, what's going on? I am. You, you said you wanted a wife, right? So I'm giving you a wife by taking someone that is not away from you. But we don't understand because God's rejection often hurts. And it looks like, man, what's going on? I asked for change. I wanted blessings. I wanted God to shake something inside of me. I wanted God to do something with my life. And it doesn't seem that way. God is saying, hey, I'm doing it, but not your way. What happens when God changes your life and it doesn't look like what you expected? See, I'm going to give you a perfect example. If you're wanting to lose weight, which I am, I'm trying. No, I'm really not. I love food too much. If you're trying to lose weight, change has to precede your mindset. You have to change your habits and your eating style before you can see the actual change take place. And what God is saying is many of y'all are trying to have six packs spiritually. And y'all still eating cheeseburgers. It's not going to happen. I have to change you. I have to strip away some of the things that you like. If not, it won't happen. And we don't get it. 
Because stripping us from what we want hurts. And God is saying, in the midst of my hurt, I'm still there. In the midst of me taking things away from you, I'm still there. And he tells Zacharias, you're going to have a child and Zacharias can't even celebrate it. Can you imagine your time finally came? You're about to have a child after many years. Something changed because not every priest had this, uh, this experience of an angel coming down the temple. Right? He not, no, not every priest had this experience. And now when he wants to share with the world, he can't because he can't speak. So, Zacharias go home. Elizabeth is pregnant. And for five months, they lived in seclusion where no one can see what God had done. You know what's the problem? We don't believe that miracles can happen in seclusion. We believe that if a miracle is going to take place, everybody has to be there to witness it. Everybody has to be there to see it unfold. And what God is trying to show you is that there's moments where there's miracles that are happening in intimacy where no one can see what's going on. The Bible says she was in seclusion for five months, not Anyone except for her husband knew that she was pregnant. And the story continues and says that the angel arrives to her cousin Mary. And says the same exact thing that he said to Zechariah. You're going to have a baby. But listen this. Mary goes, how is that possible? If I'm a virgin. Zechariah said, how is that possible? Because I'm old. And my wife is barren. Mary said, how is that possible? Because I'm a virgin. But Mary's question is not involved in doubt. What Mary was saying is, I, I haven't known my husband yet. So how is this going to happen? Should I sleep with my husband? What should I do? Is he going to be from my husband? Like what's happening here? And he said, no, no, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. If you hear this, you are thinking to yourself, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Just like you did, Mary. No! This was a scary thought that she was going to have to face her husband, her future husband, pregnant, and they hadn't slept together. You try to have that conversation with your husband. Hey, babe. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're pregnant? Yeah, here's the thing. I didn't cheat on you. The Holy Spirit came on me, and that's how I got pregnant. What? 
Imagine, we, we look at these stories and we don't think about those things. Imagine how Joseph was, you're pregnant. From who? The Holy Spirit. The angel tells her, the Holy Spirit is gonna come upon you. And, and this is a beautiful thing, because here's the thing. He said, you're blessed. You're blessed. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to name him Jesus. The Bible says this, look. Same Luke. Mary goes visits Elizabeth. It says, verse 39. At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town because the angel that told Elizabeth and I'm sorry, that told Zacharias that they're secluded right now, told Mary, go visit your cousin. She has a baby inside of her. And she's about six months right now. See, I'm going to tell you this right now. You're ready? God doesn't share your dreams or what he does with you with just anyone. He connects people on purpose with purpose. He tells Mary, go to Elizabeth. Listen to this. Go to Elizabeth, she's pregnant, six months. Mary goes to Elizabeth and not even seeing her, he, she just says, hey, greetings. And the Bible says that when she heard the greeting from Mary, the womb that was empty and barren started jumping. Because when God connects people, he connects them for a reason. And Mary and Elizabeth look at each other. Girl, you're pregnant. Oh my God. Girl, you're pregnant too. But the most amazing part of this story to me is when John the Baptist is born and Zacharias is still not able to speak. Listen to me. The normal thing, the normal thing was to give the name of the son the same name as the father. That's the routine. Your name will be Zacharias. But the angel told him a long time ago that it will be John. So the people are joyful. They see Elizabeth for the first time. Oh my God, girl, we didn't even know you were pregnant this whole entire time. That's crazy. Oh, the baby's born. Wow, celebrate. Well, we're going to name him John, I mean, uh, Zechariah, right? That's going to be his name. They were getting ready to put a name on something that God already had named himself. Be careful when God speaks to you and tells you to do something and somebody else wants to change those plans. said no no his name is John I have a question not in the whole entire Bible does it say that Zacharias was able to tell Elizabeth the boy's name 
doesn't share it there. So I don't know how he did it because he couldn't speak. Some other scholars say he couldn't even hear. So when probably Elizabeth was asking him, what's his name? I don't know. But she said, John. And they asked because they were worried. They said, this, this, this lady, you know, she's feeling herself because she just got pregnant and she, she you know, she probably doesn't have her head on right. Zacharias, what's his name? You're not gonna name him Zachariah Jr.? And he said, he signaled to give him something to write on. And he put exactly what God spoke to him. He said, his name will be John. They asked him, but there's nobody in your family with that name. And I came to tell somebody that your family probably has had the same things going on for themselves over and over. But God has called you to be the one to break the curse. And he's doing something different. And his name won't be Zachariah, it will be John. Can I share something else with you? John means gracious. So John is born, then Jesus. But you know what's the beautiful part of this? God grabs a unexperienced woman and he grabs a barren old lady to bring his kingdom forward. He doesn't select the best of the best. He doesn't select the ones that have been doing it for a long time. He grabs a lady that always went to her husband and came back hurt. She knows and has experienced hurt and still hasn't been able to produce. And then he grabs a lady that has no experience at all, hasn't even known her husband yet. He says, with these two, I'm gonna change the world. You know what's the turning point? What God was trying to do is no longer do you have to come and bring incense to me. I'm breaking that tradition today with John. John is not going to serve as a priest. <laughs> John is not going to go around waiting for his turn to put incense and then declare that the people are free of sin for this year only and, and that's all about it. No, 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 no. His name is John and he will be different. What he will do is turn people to the Lord and prepare a way and he will bring my kingdom with Jesus. I'm turning the pages. I came to tell someone God is turning your pages and it's going to have to deal with change and maybe you won't like change 
Maybe you're not adapted to change. But I'm telling you this right now. No matter what God allows you to be in, whatever season it is, whatever moment it is, God, you can be sure that God has never failed. And he never will. Today is your turning point. If you believe it, say amen. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Today is your turning point. And when God selects you and chooses you and chooses your family, he's not selecting you because of nothing else except to break the curse break the routine you've been selected you you each and one of y'all to build God's church isn't that a beautiful thing we didn't even deserve it but he still chose us anyway we were barren just like Elizabeth but he still chose us anyway we were unexperienced just like Mary but he still chose us anyway and today we give him glory and honor because he did what he said he will do. So as you stand to your feet, I want to make a prayer. Lift up your hands and open up your hearts. Close your eyes. God, we thank you today. We thank you because you turn the page. And no longer do we have to access your presence through a sacrificial lamb. You were the lamb. We give you thanks. We honor you. We praise you and we lift your name up high thank you for choosing us thank you for choosing us thank you for not looking at my unexperience or might not be able to produce as a low point for not choosing me thank you for choosing me anyway Thank you for choosing my inability to produce and my, my inexperience and saying I can do something with that. Thank you for saying, I don't care what you have done or your past. I don't care about what you are currently doing. What I care is what I've called you to do. Thank you. Because if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't see it. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be here. And you turned the page, you turned the page. You turned the page on my family. You turned the page on my history. You turned the page on my future. You turned the page on who I am. You turned the page on my community. You turned the page on the church. You turned the page on your, the people that love you. You turned the page. 
and no longer do we have to do anything to to please you to say God this is what I'm gonna do so your blood no all we have to do is believe all we have to do is believe and say thank you God we ask you to be our Lord and Savior we stand here believing in your strength not in ours in your foundation not in ours thank you thank you thank you for your heart thank you for your sacrifice thank you for your blood thank you before we before we continue I want you to listen to this real quick listen there's moments where we put our strength in our foundation and I've been talking to my wife lately I said babe we got to stop putting our strength in our foundation because I promise to you that it's fragile God doesn't care how good you can do it, how smart you can speak, how, how eloquent you can do things, how blameless you are. He doesn't look for that. What he looks is that you trust in his strength. And I was telling her, I said, man, I could just imagine God inviting all the disciples over to eat and, and him just having a conversation. And he's saying, hey, listen, they're about to take me to the cross. And Peter based on his foundation he said I'll die for you he was founded on his own love thinking that his love for Jesus was strong enough for him to die <laughs> Jesus said oh Peter Peter I love you so much but before the rooster crows you'll deny me three times what he was saying is Peter the love that you have for me is not strong enough you're looking at it wrong it's the love that I have for you that will allow me to go to the cross Peter said no you're wrong Jesus said he denied him three times Jesus came to him still after denying him and said Peter do you get it now do you get it? I know that you love me, but my love for you surpasses all that. My love for you is the foundation. It's the strength that holds your family together. Do you get it? He was saying, Peter, no longer put your strength in your foundation or what you can do put it in mind and that same Peter that denied him three times because of his love he said when they told him we're gonna crucify you because you keep on talking about Jesus he said hey that's fine that's fine that's fine but when you do it can you do it the other way because I'm not worthy my foundation is not strong enough when we realize this then your family will be healed then your family will be delivered then we'll see our communities come home 
then the Holy Spirit will pour down. When we realize that it's in his love and in his strength. Today, I welcome and I encourage to say and be honest with yourself and say, man, I'm messed up, man. I'm screwed up. I don't care what title I have. I don't care what I have or own. I don't care what I've done so far. I'm screwed up. And if it wasn't for you, I don't know where I would be. That's the God that we serve. Come on, somebody. That's the God that we serve. Today, God, we declare your kingdom right now in this place over every soul, over every every life, God. And I declare that this is just the beginning. I declare that we will see the heavens open. I declare that we will see the souls being saved. I declare that families get reinstated. I, get, I believe that your spirit is just beginning to do what it's doing. And God, we can't wait to be the recipients. The people that honor you, that believe in you, will see your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I declare victory over every person in this place. God and and if there's anything that the enemy is trying to do with any person in this place, we cancel it in your name. We cancel it in your name because it is in only in your name that we stand. In your name we pray. In your name we pray. I don't know why, but I just hear like pages changing. Have you ever heard pages changing on the book? It's because you're entering into a new chapter. That's all I hear. For somebody in this place, something is about to change. Something is about to change. And you will never be the same again. You will never be the same again. You hear it? It's changing. God is saying, no, 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 no. I don't. I already passed that part. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. It's changing. You'll never be the same again. 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 We declare it. We declare it. Get ready. Get ready, get ready, because what God is going to do is going to be amazing, and he's going to do it through your hands. You never thought that family will come to, the, to his feet, but he's going to do it through you. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. 
you will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.